Welcome to the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives, a podcast by Noibu, where we explore the elite strategies and cutting edge insights with our expert guests. Get ready to propel your e-commerce business to the next level. Welcome everyone to another episode of the e-commerce toolbox, Experts Perspective. Joining us today from sunny Florida, we have Taylor Becker. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you, Kaylin. Thank you for having me. So we're really, really excited to learn a bit about more about you today. And uh, having looked in your background, not only are you working currently as the head of D2C and Ecom in North America for Polar, but you also run an agency called Tailored Approach. I see the pun now uh, with your name, uh, just caught on now, that helps with digital strategy. So maybe starting off, love to learn a bit more about kind of your career so far and how you got to where you are today, and maybe touching on what your agency actually focuses on and why you saw that there was a gap in the market. I started off actually my career in sports, dabbled a little bit, you know, in different industries, but really started in sports marketing and immediately fell in love with digital. And so I helped grow and build a social media strategy for the PGA Tour early in the days and then moved into other tournament digital marketing capacities, you know, supported a lot of things around website design and everything like that with the tour, and then really wanted to move into consumer products. And so I moved over, took the leap, left sports, uh, which was hard to do, and moved over to Pilot and started really kicking off into stationary. And then for there, I've worked in a few different industries, everything from outdoor furniture, home furniture and accents to satellites for a hot second. Now I am here at Polar in wearable tech. What prompted you to kick off your agency and what gap did you kind of see in the market that your expertise could help fill? Just throughout my career, would have noticed a lot of brands and just organizations in the e-commerce area really struggling with this, building the strategies out in e-commerce, transitioning from your traditional sales roles or sales models to what an e-commerce model does and really how to perform in that way for brands. And so what I found is a lot of organizations don't know how to transition or maybe they have transitioned, but they're still struggling or don't know how to take it to the next level. And so just providing some of that guidance there on how to do that, how to accomplish that and really getting back to the basics is what I've found um, with a lot of organizations on just let's level set on where we are, what are overall strategic goals for the organization and then really how does e-commerce, digital commerce, marketing, all of it fit in to drive those goals for the organization. So that's kind of the gap that I try to fill there. And this actually perfectly cues up my first question around transitioning a team from sales to e-com management. So maybe talk to us a bit about what exactly does that mean and, and what are some of the strategies that you've developed and implemented successfully in your career? Curious to learn your perspective on that. E-commerce really transformed sales and for brands over the years. And so I think it was this thing that people just said, okay, this is a new sales channel and we're going to get interested and we're going to dabble. And it became this very large sales channel over the years. And now what you find is a lot of companies trying to figure it out along the way and either cleaning up, making messes, or just don't know how to strategize within those channels. And so 
throughout my career, what I've found is that it really starts with mindset with traditional sales and moving over to e-commerce. In traditional sales, you have your silos, you have your channels, they're segmented, even siloed to varying degrees throughout the organization. Whereas the e-commerce, it's very much an ecosystem. You're cross-collaborating across different teams, everything from marketing operations product to the e-commerce team. You have to make sure that you're even considering channel conflict, pricing strategy conflict, product strategy, all of those things within this digital space because there are no walls. And so that's a mindset that I've found that's really had to transition when I've built teams and bringing them over from that traditional sales focus or even hiring people. The very first thing I work on is that mindset and really we have to be open and collaborative. We have to make sure we're looking at every angle. We are business managers. We aren't just sales. And then, of course, talking about the strategies and building those along the way, those fall into place, but really it starts with mindset. Agreed. And I think something that you said to me before the show here that makes a ton of sense is the, hey, if we just put everything on a website, we build it, they will come, right? Obviously, we know that's not true as that leads to saturation, as you're mentioning. How did you employ strategies to move from a kind of everything to everybody sales approach to something that's a bit more targeted through the different e-com channels without effectively building silos, right? How do you kind of thread those needles? Over the years, when e-commerce came around, you could get away with just throwing everything online. You know, the consumer was trying to try out this new thing, the internet and shopping on the internet. And so they were curious and they were open and then more and more entries into the market. And it really became something where you were competing for the consumer's attention. At the same time, consumer experience is incredibly important. And that was becoming more and more into the view as the years progress until we get to the present day where consumers aren't just looking to buy a product. They want to be immersed in the experience of the product. From a sales perspective, from an e-commerce perspective, we are responsible for that, right? We're responsible for the content that goes online. We're responsible for how the returns are handled. We're responsible for the feedback to our customers. We're responsible to ensure that even if we're selling through certain retailer platforms, that our retail partners feel supported in what they're doing. And so all of those things require e-commerce managers to be very focused on providing the best consumer experience with being consumer centric and also thinking about how to talk to retail partners and how to curate those experiences. And I think that leaning in and listening is key here. It's very easy to fall into that old habit of, you know, this is how we've done it. And I've found throughout my career that, you know, a lot of companies I've worked with don't always listen to what the retailers want, maybe. And you know, even the retailers are screaming it. And so I actually pay attention. I get really aligned with what our retail partners are trying to do and accomplish, not just now, but moving forward and how we can set ourselves up for that success to support them in their goal. Because at the end of the day, that's what this really is, is a partnership, not just a platform. And then also, you know, they do have the data. They understand their consumer and leaning into that as well. All of that information, plus understanding what's going on in the market has really fine-tuned us to what are the strategies, what are the buckets that we need to focus on? And that's what is our product offering and what makes sense for that channel, for that retailer, not 
a full catalog for every single retailer strategy, right? What is the content? What does that make sense for that consumer and that channel? All of those things have to be very defined. And that really comes back to looking at data, understanding and listening to what the market's saying, reading what our consumers are saying, that user-generated content. We get that today. And I don't think that that's always utilized. So looking at that and then leaning in on what our partners are saying as well. And making that our feedback loop in order to continue to create those customized consumer experiences for our partners. Having chatted with you a bit before the show as well, you give me a lot of the impressions that you're not someone who's going to shy away from a challenge. So maybe talk to us as you you already mentioned how challenging it is sometimes to change the mindset in an organization where it's like, hey, we've done this for the last 80 years, 100 years, and it's been successful. Like, why are we going to change it? Like, why are we going to potentially ruin something that's great? So maybe talk to us a bit about some of the more challenging transformations that you've been a part of and how you've been able to to kind of make those successful. I think even if you come to the table with all the data in the world and all the market research, people are fearful of change. And I think that's just a human element. And it's not so much that they don't want to change. It's how giving them the path to change and showing how we're not talking about overhaul. We're talking about pilot. And so you'll I'll use those words a lot. Piloting, small test batching, iteration loops, right? Test and learns, using data, our own data to prove out hey, this change is working. A lot of training is involved in transformations because transformations likely, and most of them that I've been involved in, require new technology. They may not even have a tech stack, believe it or not. And so building new tech stacks and then, of course, training folks on tech stacks is a barrier. So whenever I go into transformations, first and foremost, I like to observe. I actually go and interview people. I observe what's going on. I want to know all the pain points. I want to know best case scenario. What is your wish list? What do you want to accomplish in your role? Understanding all of that information helps build out really what that strategy, that plan is for that transformation. And then we piece that transformation out in milestone projects and pilot programs, taking out, you know, of course, prioritizing the bigger pieces of it first and then moving from there. I would say that transformations are just challenging in general. I love them though. They are a lot of fun because of the results that you get to see on the other side. I've been able in a few projects, been able to transition teams in a matter of four to five months completely, which is great. But I think it's really, as I said earlier, it's that mindset, but then also understanding what are their barriers? What is the team kind of going through the organization going through? What are the strategies that the organization is trying to achieve? How do we plug in to what they're doing right now? And then how do we consider adoption training and all those things? in the transition process. So that's what has made it successful for me in the past and something that I continue to employ in what I do. Makes sense. And I think with any large transformation, benchmarking is a big part of it. So how do you actually understand that you're going in the right direction? I'm very curious on the KPI side. How have you either refined or changed or just completely added net new KPIs during a transformation or a team that you joined? And tactically, for someone in your role who's heading up a PL channel for e-com, what are some of the KPIs that are just necessary in your opinion? Great question. So I always say, and you can ask anybody that has worked with me, sales is a symptom. 
It's a symptom. Revenue generation is a symptom. A lot of uh, organizations that I've worked with say, well, this is our sales goal for the year. Well, that's great. And I love that. And we'll look at that. We'll always look at that, right? That's there. But I'm going to take that and park that because that's a symptom of actually what we're doing. And what we're doing and some of the major KPIs that we need to look at is what is our returns rate? And behind our returns rate, what are our reviews? What is the review count? What does that look like? What are people actually saying? The quantitative and qualitative data behind that. So looking at the return segment, because that's part of that purchase path and retention. You know, in e-commerce, you'll hear buy box. What are our operational metrics? Are we filling our inventory? How healthy is our inventory right now? Where do we stand on an inventory and operations standpoint? Or is our inventory leaving the warehouse on time? So looking at operation metrics in those ways. Content, is it driving? Do are we getting glance views? What is our conversion gap between our sales and our glance views? Looking at all of those metrics. And then, of course, building all of those up into the sales. Those metrics are what's going to drive the revenue. At the end of the day, if those metrics are healthy and we're seeing growth there, then the sales will come. And so, you know, I go in and look at the KPIs of an organization say where we are. And I have been in organizations where there has been none. And I've been in organizations where there's a little, or maybe they're just not measuring the right things. And so, it's going back. And then it's also getting other teams involved. And this is where cross-functional key stakeholders and leadership is incredibly important in this area. Whenever we have internal conversations, it's not the e-commerce team. It's the key stakeholders from operations, from marketing, from finance, from product, really all of us talking about the challenges within the business and the KPIs driving in those areas because everybody within the organization is a key stakeholder in the e-commerce business. And that is something all back to, again, that mindset of pulling that through. We have to pull that through the organization to let everybody know that they have purpose in what we're trying to do from an e-commerce perspective and a digital commerce perspective. And the KPI kind of shows them how they can play in that realm. So coming in, being part of a transformation, setting the ambitious KPIs that obviously trail behind revenue. But to your point, most of the work's done before the credit card's approved, right? It's getting the clicks, getting the right conversion rate at each stage of the funnel. How do you think about architecting teams and high-performing teams that will enable you to actually hit those KPIs on time, on budget? So for teams... What I've found is a lot of folks will hire people that they're comfortable with or within their industry. And that's a common thing that I hear. Well, are they in our industry? That's actually the first question I get. Wait, are they in our industry? And while I think that that applies in some sales channels, maybe in a B2B capacity, for e-commerce, I actually don't think that that logic applies. I've worked in many industries. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everything from pens to wearable device. I mean, it really, I've been in a lot of different industries. And so I don't really look at what industry you're coming from. I want to see, are you nimble? Are you data-driven? Are you agile? And do I get the sense that you can be a leader? Because at the end of the day, I always tell my team, I want you to replace me. <laughs> I think it's okay for you to say, I want to be the head of, I want to be the VP of, I want to be the CEO of. Great. How do I get you there? Like, that's our conversation. Part of our conversation is the job. Part of our conversation is what, how do I support you in your professional goals? So I look for those people that have those leadership skills because I also want my team to be autonomous, right? I want them to be able to go and make decisions 
e-commerce can be very large. There can be a lot of rabbit holes and a lot of things that just pop up all the time. Lots of fire drills. Sometimes, you know, a skew breaks, something happens operations, a truck doesn't pick something up, who knows? So I find myself jumping into a lot of different projects daily. So having a team that can lead themselves in an individual contribution way and step into their roles, being nimble, data-driven, agile, and what they're doing, also being able to collaborate and work cross-functionally is very, very important. And communication is key. If somebody comes in with all of those things, I can train them on the platform. I can train them on the technology. That's not hard. I think technology today and the platforms of today actually are very user-friendly. It's really what kind of the soft skills do you bring that to the table that can really drive the business and meet the initiatives within the organization. That makes a ton of sense. As we look to start wrapping things up, Taylor, what do you think one of the biggest challenges that heads of e-coms are kind of facing this year? I would say this year, but just overall, the continuing understanding of what e-commerce is and how it really delivers to the business. I think some organizations really get it and they understand the importance of it. Then there's organizations that even if they've seen all the data, still are under-resourcing their e-commerce team or not putting it in forefront of initiatives or strategies. So I think that a lot of heads of e-commerce and commerce managers are facing that today, continuing to kind of fight the good fight of, hey, we're actually really relevant in what we do and we're really part of this growth line and at the same time still trying to grow the business. And so there's that constant conflict that I think e-commerce teams face, improving their value within organizations. And I've seen that get better over the years, for sure. But I do still think that that's a fight. And then also, in addition to that, e-commerce is just continuing to change. And I say that e-commerce changes by the hour at some points. So really understanding the industry, you have to be open to learning. I would say that learning is key in this role. You cannot stick with what you used to. You will become irrelevant quickly. And so becoming a sponge and learning is very important in this space as well. Yeah, and I think that ties really well with what you mentioned around your hiring characteristics of being nimble, self-learner, self-starter, because, yeah, you can bring somebody in, but if they're going to get lapped by the industry in six months, then it's not going to work out long-term. Do you have any parting advice for anybody listening who's kind of up and coming and wants to mirror basically the success you've had in your career so far? A couple of things, and I think I've said it throughout the call, but I want to definitely highlight it here again. One, be a sponge learn everything. And I'm not just saying learn in your space. One of the biggest ways that I was able to move into the position that I have is that I went and learned what operations was doing. I went and learned what finance was doing and marketing and product. It's very easy to learn within what you're comfortable with. Branch out. Go sit, have lunch with a peer. Go have a Zoom call with a peer work out on the floor with the peer, but really understand the business holistically. You will be surprised on how much impact what you're doing is actually impacting maybe that person's job. And then on top of that, one thing that I do ask is, how can I help you be successful in what you're doing? Like from my area, how can I help you? That creates networks, that creates that camaraderie and within organizations as well. 
that would be one of the big things, the big takeaways is really being a sponge to not only learning on the external, but learning about the other functions with their organization and what are they trying to accomplish with what they're doing. And then also have courage, step out, step into new things. E-commerce is all about creativity. <laughs> you have to be very creative. What are other brands doing? What are other companies doing? Reading and learning case studies is important. And then really thinking outside the box. And what I love to do is get a whiteboard. I have one over here and I I write random things. I'll have a random thought and I'll write it up. But be creative in the role and continue to do that. That also will help with new solutions, but also keep your mind going on what are the ways and the new strategies that we can employ for the organization. Taylor, it's been a pleasure. I definitely learned a lot on, call it restructuring, KPI implementation, and how to really lead from the front on a transformation. So wanted to thank you again for your time. And I'm sure everyone listening had a great learning session as well. So thank you again. Thank you, Kaylin. The e-commerce toolbox expert perspectives is brought to you by Noibu. To find out more about Noibu and how we can help you debug your e-commerce site and rocket your revenue, visit www.noibu.com. That's N-O-I-B-U.com. And then make sure to search for the e-commerce toolbox expert perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Noibu, thanks for listening. 